It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. Whew. Saved myself. We're on episode 421. That doesn't mean 421. That means just 21st episode of fourth season. And I'm here with Jeff, with Tim. I'm VA. Yep. My dog. Vegas is sleeping in over here, so you'll hear some stories. Tuca is also here sleeping. Okay, good. Our animals are sleeping. Oh, Tuca. Anyway, wow. I was so focused, and now I'm not really focused at all. What I'm trying to say is this. We made it through the regular season, everybody. We made it through. Long trip, folks, but here we are. Oh, my God. It is time for the playoffs. And and can you guess what I'm going to say next, guys? Actually, I'm going to let you say it. What am I really excited about right now? We did not discuss this, but come on, guys. Come on. Your boy's making it to the playoffs this year. Oh, my God. My boy's going to make it to the playoffs. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I've never been so happy to see him sat as I was yesterday. Oh, my God. Oh. He's going to the playoffs. I'm so excited for him. Oh. I have a feeling this could be a game, a real game changer too. He, it, there's a learning curve, and he's going to have to be learning quick. Oh, but he's coming off such a good season. I know, I know. I, I'm, I'm very excited, very excited for him. I bet you he's super excited too. He hasn't said anything. He's not much of a talking guy, but woohoo! So excited! I'm so excited that he's made it. So the playoff schedule is out. It is. And uh, to the surprise of no one, like Toronto in the first round, as we've known since... Um, December? November? Yeah, something like that. Before the team even got around to getting good. Yep. And what did I tell you last week? I said last week the first game was going to be on Thursday. When's the first game, guys? Because of, it's on Thursday because of uh, news. Right. But, you know, Billy Jaffe said it's going to be on Thursday. And I said, hmm, okay. I'm going to take his advice here. It's going to be on Thursday. And he was right. And, right, because Muse is the night before, so that's fine. I can wait till Thursday. I've got, like, four or five days to just get ready. A few extra days to breathe before we go into um, uh, two full weeks of a game every other day, potentially? Yes, please. Actually, this is a really nice schedule in the respect that it is every other day. There's no three-day layover. Yeah, this is, it's really clean. Usually you get, like, a two-day gap between game four and five in a lot of schedules, but, uh, nope. Nope, we're going full force, so it's good. It's good. This little break this week gives us a little breathing room, and then boom, right into it. I'm excited. We'll talk more about the schedule later, I guess, because I, I jumped the gun. It's just the way my notes are. I just I didn't reorganize them after writing them. So Bruins finished out their schedule this week. They played on Sunday against uh, the Red Wings. Or did they play? <laughs> They staggered drunkenly out of this last week of the season. The good news is so did their opponents in the first round. <laughs> yeah. It took a while for the Bruins to clinch their second seeds this week because, oh, that game on Sunday, uh, we turned it off <laughs> because it was like, you know what? Not in the mood for this. I would much rather watch American Gods. So that's what we did. We watched American Gods instead. That was a better use of our time. So, but thankfully on... Tuesday, they went to Columbus and said, you know what? We're going to beat the crap out of you. And they did. They did. They, they, they absolutely bludgeoned that team. Like, I think, like, I was thinking Columbus was going to take Tampa to seven games. It's, a, it's, it's one of the better, interesting matchups for them. And I still have that in, in my bracket, but that's a, I don't know, just absolutely stomped that team on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. It was terrible. I mean, good for us. Terrible for Columbus. It, they looked really bad. And then Minnesota, the other game I did not watch this week because, well, like I said before, I had a better use of my time. I actually went to see Captain Marvel again, and I mistimed it, and I came home halfway through the third. But the good thing is, after I came home, they scored two more goals, so whatever. Yeah, you know, you, you, when you even get national media talking about how wild how Minnesota is the most... Boring and uninteresting and just awful to cover team. Yeah, I've been saying this for years. For years. 
Um, the only interesting thing about them was they had Let's Go Crazy as their goal song for a couple of seasons. And then they got rid of that. Yeah, what the fuck is that shit, really? So dumb. Yeah, so, no, there was no way I was watching that Minnesota Mild show game. And that's fine. We all want me to be happy. But something good came out of that. Zach Sinitian finally got his first call-up. That's right. He did. And not only did he get his first call-up. He got his first goal in his first game. Yep, yep. And um, while, yes, it was an empty netter, his uh, play in, that, in battle to get that goal was actually real impressive. And holy fuck, that kid is fast. Yeah, <laughs> he had to hustle, and he had a couple guys on his tail, so it was not an easy empty netter goal. He had to fight out, he, he had to fight out of them and then turn on the Jets. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's really, really good. And he looked good, at least in the first period of the season finale as well. The second inning game. Oh, man. That game had so much promise in the first period yesterday. And then, no. Here's the thing about that. The Bruins only had five or six forwards in that game that are guaranteed to be dressing for the first round. Yeah, Tampa Bay also had people that weren't dressed for their game either. But they did have Stamkos. But their forwards were pretty complete. It was like Cedric Tech Tech. The defense, they sat a lot of bodies. Yeah, I mean, they still had Kucherov and Stamkos, and that killed you yesterday, so. Yeah. But and yeah. yesterday, we didn't have Berge or Marshy, so. Yeah, I don't think yesterday matters. <laughs> Going on the power play, well, it's like, oh, I gave up a shorty. It's like, yeah, also, like, that first unit didn't exist because it was basically just, like, pasta and debrusque with their dicks in their hands. Metaphorically speaking, of course. Yep. The way I look at it is, it that game did not matter in any way. There have been games that the Bruins have played the last game of the season where it's mattered, and this was not one of them, so I don't care. Oh, exactly. Just phone as much of that in as possible. Tampa Bay, they had the whole uh, most points in a season and uh, the thing for uh, Sir, uh, for uh, Kucherov, right? So so that that those were things to play for, and that's fine, and, and who cares? That's good for them. But I don't think that's indicative at all of what's going to happen in the second round. Should the Bruins make it past the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yes. Don't want to count it as a given. We're going to count it as a we'll see. Yes. So, Sinishin got the uh, two games this week. Got to come up, see what it was like. Got his first NHL goal. First game. Amazing. Yesterday, they did call up Anton Bleed and Trent Frederick for the game. And Lausanne was up for both of them as well. Oh, that's right, Lausanne. I forgot about Lausanne. Bleed and Frederick and Sinitian were sent down today. So was La- so was Lausanne. Was he? Okay, I didn't yes. see that. Lipton stayed. That's interesting. They played for Providence today, this afternoon, against Utica. Well, remember... Bleed scored a goal. There's still a good chance they're going to need Clifton in the first... For, for, for game one, right? Depends on what uh, Kevin Miller's recovery looks like, right? Right, right. And while... Steve Camper's been, you know, kind of good. You don't want to play him in the playoffs. If he is, if, all, uh, if he does, all hope is lost. And Clifton's been pretty good, so. Yeah, I thought it was curious that Clifton stayed up. But I'm not sure they don't need him yet. <laughs> right. USA, of course, was honoring him today. USA, the network, was honoring him by playing Iron Man. You know, so. <laughs> I can't, I can't look at him and not see Robert Downey Jr. in there. We can argue about Will Wheaton, but he, he really looks like he could be the illegitimate child of Robert Downey Jr., which makes it interesting if we want to say that he's um, a progeny of, uh, a possible progeny of Yonker, because how does that happen? Yes, suggestion. In an alternate universe, Iron Man went back and um, uh, fucked Dr. Crusher, and, Colin, and Connor Clifton's actually Wesley Crusher, Will Wheaton's brother. <laughs> there you go that's how it is that's of course how it works i mean like there's legitimate like you know um overlap between mcu and and in like star trek comics so that there's there's probably fanfics out there where that's happened although it does not necessarily result in connor clifton in those cases <laughs> <laughs> In our world, it does. <laughs> when have we ever let reality ever get in the way? <laughs> What's the point of, of, of crafting a world for yourself if you're going to let reality intrude into it? Right. right. Uh, and, you know, every once in a while I go and look at my time machine that's just sitting in my closet and I dust it off and see what happens. Okay, so 
your boy, David Krejci, had himself a career year. He did. He scored 73 points. He matched his previous best season from when he was 22. Yep, 2008-2009. Play, yep, playing third-line center behind Bergeron and Marc Savard. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's pretty great. And, you know, hitting the 20, the 20 goals, I think, was an important benchmark for him here. I need to get his, his personal page up here quick. But it's a quick exit at angel.com, but never does anything quick. It was 20 goals, 53 assists for 73 points. He would have played 82 games this season, but they rested him on Thursday. Because the Bruins really didn't have to win that game because they had already clinched. So, yeah, so this was his fourth 20-goal season of his career. Oh, good. The lowest of the others, the other two were, was one that was 22 goals and two that were 23 goals, but, you know, not with 53 goddamn assists. Yep. <laughs> yep. He had a great year. And you get a blender of, of, of wingers. Yeah. I hope that they settle down that right wing next year. I, I mean, I think everybody can admit that Jake DeBrusque on his left wing, that's a lock. That's good. Absolutely. Yep. They work well together. That's great. I don't want to see... DeBrusque on the right wing. I want to see him on the left wing, please. That's his side. And DeBrusque had a good season. Had he not gotten injured, he would have broken 30 goals. Mm-hmm. He had 27 goals in 68 games. Yep. Amazing. Good. That's, that was his sophomore slump. Yeah. And that's a good sophomore slump. <laughs> and he was playing all over the place, too. And he was sat for a while. Totally amazeballs. Like, like, you know how much I hate like, a team that's with this many players that are having career years, and how it's just like, uh, but but is it gonna is it gonna go anywhere? Fucking Tampa. Tampa can blow it. It's been a, a long time since a Presidents Cup winning team from the East has won the Stanley Cup. Also important, if a team pushes them to Game Seven, we already know that Stamkos won't. Stamkos will be a no show. He has a vibrant record of being a no-show in elimination games. It's fantastic. So what you're saying is he's, he's not clutch. He, he's a choker is what he is. Also, I'd like to point out, they so they tied the record for most wins in a season with 62. The other team that had 62 wins was the 95-96 Red Wings, who lost in the Western Conference Finals to Colorado. So, I mean... It's possible for them to lose. I think they can be beat. And I think that they, they have a good team overall, but... Their biggest thing is Vasilevsky is good, but Vasilevsky can be beat quite easily. And they're going to have to outscore people as well, which they can. But if they run into a hot goalie themselves, I think they're done. It's the playoffs. Anything can happen. The playoffs are not about who has the most talent. Yeah. It's about how that talent performs. It's about luck. And it's about whoever is the better team on any given day to win four of those games of that series. There's, you know what, another thing too, and you know, it's, it's out of fashion to say this, but it's about a team that, 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 that on a mission buys in into each other, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know enough about Tampa to know whether that describes it, but I sure as fuck know that describes this team. Right, right. You don't hear anything about Tampa and brotherhoods and feeling like a family and all that shit. Yeah. This team has been feeling like that since last year. Some pieces, some players have changed in and out, but, you know, they, the feeling is still the same. I personally think that they want to win another one for Zidane Chara. I think they want to win one for Bergie. I think a lot of guys want to have the, the experience of, of hoisting the cup themselves. So those are good enough reasons for me to think, like, if they can just keep it together and have the tenacity that they've had all season long, Something good can happen. That's all. And I'm not always Miss Positivity on them because I'm I'm just not sure. Well, so to give you some idea, filling up my bracket again, I um I have them beating Tampa. I think I have whoever wins that series losing in the in the Eastern Conference Final. Well, yeah, because you said something ridiculous like Carolina's going to win. Well, yeah, but if I like, but like, here's the thing: is um there will be no survivors coming out of the Atlantic. Oof, that's tough. Whoever wins the whoever wins that that uh, semifinal, I think is going to be dust. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> well, I think there's one caveat there. I think that yes, that's probably going to be a seven game, six or seven game series. But I think it also depends on how long the first the first round is. If either of those two teams, or if both teams 
like have like a five game first round series and then they go against each other, I think they'll have a lot more left than they would otherwise. You're right though. The odds are stacked against them because you've got five teams coming out of the Metropolitan, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And all three teams have to face each other in the first two rounds. This is this dumbass playoff playoff format. Just just go one through eight and then ugh, Oh that's god. All Speaking of which, I hate seeing people suggesting 1 through 16. That's such a fucking awful idea. Yeah, that's awful, too. And then reseed after every round? No, fuck that. Fuck that. Clear it to the sun. 1 through 8, please. Maybe if you want to throw a bone to whoever wins the the, 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 uh, division winners like they did under the uh, last format, fine. Like... I have I have no problem with one division having three guy three teams in it and the other having five. That doesn't bother me. I say it should be Eastern Conference, just be one through eight. Whoever is one through eight in the in the conference, regardless of division, make the playoffs, and then one plays eight, two plays seven, so on and so forth. So what you're basically saying is there's no wild card. No, no, yes. it's top eight. Fuck yeah. Once, you, once they bring Seattle in, there's no reason to keep this format. No. The reason to keep the, have this format in the first place was to make sure the odds for each team making the playoffs within their division stayed flat, despite the fact that divisions weren't all the same size. Mm. Once you get up one more team, it's good to go. I hate this playoff format. It, it just doesn't do anything for me. So I have not done my bracket yet, because I looked today and I'm like, oh, God, they're live. Okay. So I will remind people that they have to continue to do their brackets. Uh, do your brackets by Wednesday at 7 p.m. Do it before then. Then it, save it. Make sure you save it. Always save it. Save it. Save it. Save it. You can do one bracket and put it across many places. You can do individual brackets for every league you're in. But just do it. But I will do it. I'll probably work on it tonight. I like to not think too hard on it. Like, you know, basically, I don't. I don't go, hmm, I'm going to work on it, and then I'm going to save it later and change it. Nope. I basically just go, yep, this feels good, and then I, I save it. And that maybe explains why sometimes I do well and other times I really don't. But that's okay. It's not about winning. It's about having fun. Some people it's about winning. For me, it's just about having fun. Indeed. We'll talk a little bit more about the matchup in a little bit. I do want to talk about some of the awards that were given yesterday. First of all, did, did you get to see the Shirts Off Our Backs ceremony? Uh, it didn't broadcast on here. Uh, okay, well, you didn't miss much because I swear to God, they did it in like five minutes. They were like, Joakim Nordstrom, come up and give a, take your jersey off. And um, next guy, come up, give your jersey. And this other guy, you're, you're doing it to this person. And it's like, it was just, they did say people's names, but it was just so fast. It's like... I've been at a game where they've done that ceremony and it lasts a while. Not yesterday. Yesterday they were just like, the season is fucking done. We lost that game. Everybody get the fuck out. (laughs) The Celtics had a game today or something, but maybe they had something going on last night. I don't know. But still, it just seemed like they were just like, get your jersey, get out. It would be funny, apparently Florida like was breaking up the ice for the offseason within hours of their final game yesterday. Oh, Florida? Mm. Oh, well. Poor Being Florida. Rich, of course, Florida and Buffalo have um, uh, both fired their coaches today. Oh. Uh, the King, the Kings aren't bringing their interim guy back either. Well, that's, that's no surprise to anyone. So really, uh, the interim's is waiting to see what um, the Blackhawks and, uh, and um, well, we already know that... Uh, Obviously, Bob Murray's not going to stay being Anaheim's coach because he's going to go back to just being GM. And then whatever happens in in um, uh, the Flyers. Oh, yeah. That's still interim as well. Technically, St. Louis as well, but he's made a playoff run, so Craig Berube's going to get a real contract. Uh, I did see Florida's looking at Quinville. I'm seeing things that are suggesting it's a done deal and it's going to be announced tomorrow. Quinville's at that point in his life where he's like, yeah, I just want to be in Florida. I'm done with the snow. Maybe he really does believe that Talon's going to be able to throw enough money at Bobrovsky and Panarin. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Or maybe he likes to go golfing in his free time. Florida being good would be annoying. They get both those players, and they do, in fact, get Quinnavellis. It sounds like they will. Another good team's the last thing this division needs. I kind of enjoy having a little competition because it makes you up your game 
I mean, obviously, if the Bruins win the Stanley Cup, how much more can you up your game other than being like, hey, we're going to go out and win another Stanley Cup? Basically. But Sweeney's not as aggressive as, like, say, Rutherford or other people who make lots of trades to keep getting back in year after year. Like, I'm surprised that Quinville would say, yeah, Florida. Let's go to Florida Panthers. That sounds great. I have to say, I'm really glad that Columbus made it in. I'm interested to see what they'll do. I don't know yet what I think they're going to do, but Bobrovsky and Panarin possibly going to Florida. Yeah. I, okay. I, I get it. I could be annoyed by that. I mean, like, just, well, think about how shit it's going to be. If you're like a team, like the Habs, one that just narrowly missed this year is hoping to make a next step next year. The length's just going to get harder. Wait a minute. We did not fully celebrate the fact that Montreal failed. They did fail. They failed to get in the playoffs. Woo. Woo. And when they missed it, their Twitter just tweeted, ugh. And it was just the most beautiful ugh in the world. Because sports right now beyond the Bruins are annoying. And I just loved the ugh. So, funny story. Claude, the only time Claude has made it to the playoffs since um, the Aginla year was when he took over from Michelle Therrien midseason. Hmm. Yeah, and also that was the first year the Bruins made it back to the playoffs, too. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, weird, right? Uh, yes, this is um, Bruce Cassidy's third playoff appearance with the Bruins in as many years. So that's interesting. Oh, why am I saying interesting? Okay, that's the thing that really drives me up the wall about Lambert. He says interesting all the time. No, it's great. It's freaking great that Bruce Cassidy made it to the playoffs for the third year in a row after taking over for Claude Julien. Claude, I still have a little bit of love in my heart for you only as a Bruins coach, but now you're dead to me. There we go. Yep. Yay, Montreal did not make it. Woohoo! Let's talk about some of these uh, end-of-season awards. Okay. okay. Very Bruins-specific. Did you get to see that stuff yesterday? Oh, you saw the suit. Yeah, you saw the suit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we can talk about that in a minute. The Eddie Shore Award, given by the Gallery Gods for exceptional hustle and determination, went to Jake DeBrusque, which, hey, that's good. Makes sense. Yeah. Jake DeBrusque and, like, Chris Wagner were your picks for that. Yep. I, I have no problem with this. Wags got, he got the seventh player, so that's fine. The Elizabeth Dufresne Award for outstanding performance during home games. Now... It was given by Hags, and I wanted to hurl, but that's okay, because the person who came out to receive his uh, award was dressed so snappily. He's been taking hints and and lessons from people. It was Brad Marchand. Marchand. It was Brad Brad Marchand in a spectacular pasta-esque suit. Three Ps, a very fairly vibrant plaid. I approve. (laughs) Decent blue, white plaid. It was good. I enjoyed it. Just grid-like plaid. That was fine. The John P. Busick Award, given for the greatest off-ice charitable contributions, was to the big guy, Zdeno Chara. Also, I didn't realize that like Busick was like three feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was just standing next to Chara, I realized, but I did not expect the gap to be that gigantic. Holy shit. <laughs> you compress as you get older. I mean, he's a little, he's a little old man, I know, yeah. <laughs> little old man, oh boy. Let's get that on a poster and give it to Johnny Music. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. Wow, he's with the organization for 61 years, though. That's amazing. I don't know what he does anymore, but he's not doing the, the prep. Yeah, I think uh, he's job. just sort of in, in a ceremonial role now. Like, you know, because yeah, I was after the cup year, he stopped. He was on the cup. The cup year, he was still the guy that like coordinated the travel lodging and stuff like that. Like, travel. Like, tra- like, away, like, away game logistics, yeah. <laughs> he was doing that through, like, 2015 or 2016, yeah. That recently? Yeah, and then he retired from doing that. So, hey, ceremonial, that's fine. He's earned it. All right, and then we have our three stars. Okay, the third star was David Posternock. You know, you had to go, okay, two and one. I know it's which one's going to be which, right? Second star was Patrice Bergeron. Which makes your first star? Brad Marchand. Of course. I still don't say Brad Marchand because that's what I'm used to. But anyway, now, before I talk about Tuka Rask, I'm going to give you some of the awards that should have been given out yesterday. Ooh. The Sean Thornton Award for picking which hand I'm going to punch you with goes to Noel Achari. The Mayor Award for being the best local player. 
is going to Chris Wagner. Of course it's going to Chris Wagner. And the Fishbowl Award for Most Outstanding Performance While Wearing a Bubble. Sean Corrales. It's Sean Corrales. Of course. Do you have some reward? Uh, oh, rewards. I keep getting reward and award mixed up. Do you have some awards that you would give out? The, the Tell Me What Exactly It Is You Do Here Award goes to Joachim Nordstrom. <laughs> <laughs> it's a special diss because you didn't say his name right now. <laughs> Said <laughs> how it should be, but you know. <laughs> how about you, Tim? Man, I don't know if I have any other awards that I would really give out. I mean, the uh, actually we'll 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 go this one. The thank you for finally shoring up our third line center award, Charlie Coyle. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly with like three or four na- uh, other names written on it, engraved on it, and then scratched out. <laughs> the Adam McQuaid Award for the defenseman who's missed the most time this season goes to Kevin Miller. <laughs> oh my God, we didn't talk about that. He didn't just he didn't just injure himself during against Minnesota. He bequated against against Minnesota. <laughs> Oh my god, I pre- well, I didn't see it firsthand, but okay, sure, let's talk about that. <laughs> he McQuaided, he, he went head first into the boards, he McQuaided on against Minnesota. Wait, speaking of McQuaid-type injuries, this, like, bled over into the Red Sox when Brock Holt went on the disabled list with a scratched cornea because his son poked him in the eye. That's up there from that time, like, uh, <laughs> Craig Angus. Craig Anderson cut his own hand off while making the chicken. Yeah, exactly. I was like... Some portion of that story. But he was out for a month and it required surgery, so we like cut tendons, I think. Oh, God. Oh, that's awful. Oh. Oh. I, I didn't yeah. realize how salient a point I was making with the Adam McQuaid award. <laughs> yeah, it was... It, oh, injuries, yeah. The cutest dog award. Cutest dogs award goes to... Oh, gosh. That's I mean, Tory Krug, Tory Krug's Pitbull Fenway always is a strong contender. Always, a Pitbull. That's a bulldog. It's yeah. a bulldog. Yeah, but did you see Winnie Carlo's uh, bulldog? She has a little scarf that says Carlo on it. Oh my God! Really? Yes, she does. Yes, she does. Oh wait a minute! Uh, I will find a picture for you. Um, but I was going to say David Backus because I love Roddy's and he has a Roddy and he also has a Pitbull. Uh, oh, I don't know. Wait a minute, Thor. Thor, that's uh, Nolachari's dog. Thor is a cutie. Oh, he is so, so cute. Oh, and there's Winnie. There's Winnie right there. <laughs> the look on that dog's face. <laughs> Winnie looks like a goof. Like <laughs> Yeah, and she's got her little scarf that says Carlo on it. And he's always carrying her like that, and that's adorable. Oh, here's Fenway. There's Fenway. Oh, I love Fenway. Fenway's yeah. great. And then look at that cute little boxer who got adopted by MSPCA because they are very good about adopting out animals very quickly. Tuca is very allergic to dogs, and he would still get a dog if he weren't allergic to them. But look at him. Look at that perseverance posing with the dog, touching him. And people say he's soft. He's tough (laughs) as nails. I have allergies. My dog has allergies. We're suffering right now. Oh, here's Kevin Miller's dog. It's an Australian Shepherd. I know, Aussie, Aussie Shepherds are gorgeous dogs. Oh, oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> mm, Patrice, you make uh, you make these like uh, Maltese poodles look good. Oh my god, this pit bull that was up for adoption by uh, the MSPCH. Look at how beautiful Lucy was. I mean, she's still beautiful. She's just adopted by somebody else. So, oh... The bulldog. I'm sorry. I, uh, okay, this has gone on too far. And next year, Vegas is going like to be really here. Really on brand, they would have had um, uh, would have had Marshy um, pose with you know some sort of terrier, <laughs> possibly like a dachshund or something. You know, something that's just disproportionately mean. Do you know my brother-in-law calls a dachshund a dashound? What? Yeah, I mean, hmm. I'm like. About that. The the German in me is just like Dachshund. <laughs> it's so fun watching the look on people's face when you explain to them that Dachshunds the reason they're so mean and ill tempered because they're ra- they're bred to, f- to fight badgers. 
his other name means is Badger Hound. Well, he's with a bulldog. Bulldogs are quite tenacious. Anyway, that was our little foray into all the cute dogs on the pucks and pups calendar. <laughs> all the Bruins who have dogs have the cutest dogs. All right, that's fine. But yeah, those were the awards. And maybe next year we'll come up with our own awards. And <laughs> I would love to give out an award. <laughs> the annual what exactly is it? Tell me what it is you do here today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be your award. <laughs> I liked the. I, I really liked my uh, uh, my Sean Thornton and my Fishbowl Award, and I, I really enjoyed the the Adam McQuaid one. I made up on the spot. So, uh, all right. So let's talk about Toronto. So, yeah, um, Maple Leafs. Some people like them, I guess. Those people are wrong, but yeah. Well, sure. well yes, it's going to be a tough team, right? You know, what I mean, because they, they're when you're rolling Nazem Kadri as your as your third line center, it's a um, tough roster, tough roster. But the defense is shit. <laughs> I hope that people just rough up Kadri enough to get him to do something stupid. It doesn't take much to make him do something stupid. So I'm not saying fight him. I'm just saying get in his head. Like, we already know that Matthews is not is a non-threat against the Bruins. He's one of those players like like Sid that, that Bergeron just has. Well, actually, it's not just Bergeron. It's actually Chara that has Austin Matthews made. <laughs> yep. It's the Tavares-Marner um, duo that concerns me more than anything. This team has negated John Tavares before. Yeah, he's got a real winger in Marner. I mean, I guess he's had some real wingers before, like Anders Lee, but still. It's a tough team, and... Uh, We'll see. It's not going to be a cakewalk, but the Bruins did have a three and one record against them this season. They did. Austin Ma- and Matthews, I think, was out of like one or two of those games, but he wasn't out of all of those games. So, and uh, Tavares, I think, was in all of them. So, I like the Bruins' chances. I really do. I just think that the Bruins have something. They're they're hot at the right time. Yeah, yesterday was not an indication of that. Sure, they're, they are capable of missteps, but I, I just think that the Bruins have their number. I think the Bruins know how to play in clutch situations. The amount of space they're occupying rent-free in the, in, the, in the Leafs' heads is a big factor, too. And in their fans' heads. Oh, especially their fans' heads. Sean McIndoe, he's just given up. Oh, absolutely. It's just like, it's, this is just how it is. <laughs> it's probably, for the less annoying Maple Leafs fans, it's got to be disappointing to see that, oh, your first round matchup again is the Bruins. Yeah. Oh, and they still have Patrice Bergeron. You know, the guy who killed your team time and again. And also, like, Brad Marchand and David Pasternak, guys that have devoured your team. And Chara, who's picked up your... Your star young center and, you know, eating him in one bite like some sort of gorgon. <laughs> oh, and also, the defense is actually mostly healthy. Oh, my God. I, I, Carlo, and you having Carlo in, right? Oh, I'm still excited. Still excited about that. I can't, I can't. Oh, my God. I, I just, uh, uh. Like, and in the event Miller's not good to go, I'd rather Miller over Clifton, but I think I'm okay with Clifton. I am too. We've just seen so many games without Miller that I almost can't remember what it was like when he was in. And he was in recently. Like for two games. Yeah. We can't have nice things. But we have a more intact defense than we did last season. Yes, we do. And that's the really important thing. And our defense, well, our defense is better than them on any given day. And then when they're fully or almost fully healthy, they're really much better. The thing I worry right now about with the Bruins is I worry about them giving up shorthanded goals. That's been a big problem this season. I wouldn't overjudge that one yesterday because, again, uh, that was neither our first nor our second unit. That was like, you know, as I said before, it was basically like pasta, DeBrusque, and some guys. I'm not judging yesterday's. Yeah, but they've still they've still given up 15 on the year, I think, which is the most in the league. That's worrisome. They gotta shore that up. Is what I'm saying. I, it's almost like remember, remember there used to be times where we'd be like, "Don't go on the power play. <laughs> you can't handle it." <laughs> you know, or cause a penalty so you're playing four and four. You're better at four and four. <laughs> That's actually another thing I'm worried about too. Is the actual 
penalty kill because the penalty kill has been less than great recently, and Toronto's power play is good. They have a lot of guys that can score on the power play, so that'll be interesting. Don't take don't take dumb penalties. That's really the main thing. Well, don't. This is Brad doesn't apparently doesn't take a ton of penalties anymore. So uh... when they 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 did show his one hundred points thing, <laughs> he was in the penalty box. Oh wait a minute! Did that just happen this week? Yes, yes, it happened on Tuesday. Oh my God! Okay, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Keep that in your mind, okay? I forgot about that. I just thought it happened last week. He has more points than Pim this year. It's amazing. He's uh, and Brad has really railed or reeled himself in, and maybe it's because he's doing a lot of shit on Twitter. Like, did you see? Did you see? Oh, the- he's, just get, he's just getting his shit bag out there instead of on the ice. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? If that's what he's going to do, great. On Instagram, he put Tori Krug's face on one of the lollipop guild. <laughs> he says, wow, you look so tall here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, if that's what it is, if it's like the joking with his teammates instead of the kind of stuff that got him in trouble last season with the licking, well, I thought it was an, was amusing, other people didn't like it. They thought, oh, my God, it's sexual assault. Oh, okay, whatever. It is invasion just, of personal space. Just sit space. the corner and think about what you've done, really. Yeah. It, you're not thinking, I'm going to tell a 30-year-old to not do this, but here we are. Huh. You know, he only had 63 pims last season. That didn't seem right to me. It doesn't. How many did he have this year? 96. Oh, my God. In fact, this year is actually his highest pim count, his, his highest pim total of his career. He definitely seem it well wow. like i'm looking at this and like i can't i'm not can't even wrap my head around it it's like how are his numbers i mean he had 95 in 14 15 and 90 the year after but like oh okay i know what it is this is what it is this is how we got fooled he's not being called for the stupid shit that we always were like oh brad i mean there there were a couple instances of that also, his penalty rate early in the season was catastrophic, and he's slowed down the rate at which he takes them dramatically. All right, there we go. The rate at which he accumulated penalties slowed down, even though his penalty count was higher. Okay, so yes. that's what we're trying to say. That's how, That's yes, that is a, a derivative of a function, I should say. Anyway, so I don't think Brad's going to get in the same kind of trouble this postseason that he did last year. He, he's getting that out in different ways. It's definitely not the, the player that he is, but I think that we always have to watch out that he's going to be called for some something because repeat offender kind of thing, mm-hmm. like reputation. Reputation calls are, are some things that kill him. So hopefully Brad's just going to be like he was this season. He's not going to get overly emotional, and it's going to be good. It's going to on that score goals infuriate the other fan bases. Yes. Blow kisses at them. That's the best way to do it. I also like, too, when he did get the 100th point this season and it was all, like, over Twitter and they had the graphics and stuff, that a lot of the team congratulated him and were all over, all on his back, being like, you know, this is awesome for him and things like that. Shows how close the team is, again, that this team really, they really take that family aspect to a next level where they really genuinely care for each other and how each other does on the ice. All right, we're going to talk about this. Yes, he got his 100th point this week. But he didn't do it the way we wanted it to. He didn't do it the right way at all, yeah. But that's okay. You can't help how you get 100 points sometimes, so... Nope, he got 36-64-100 rather than 37-63-100, which would have been so much cooler. It would have, but we should just celebrate the fact that he got 100 points and that he showed the world that he is elite because i don't i don't think we can we can argue against that anymore so i mean not that i was arguing against it i love brad i will say he's elite and he is elite so good for him i want the world to know and i think that by and large people do know that maybe not fan bases but reporters do i saw a suggestion from outs and it was not from inside bruins uh, media universe that while obviously kucherov's winning the heart brad has a good chance of being one of the two runners up one of the finalists. Mm, that would be cool. The same person. I can see that. He's pretty much a lock for the Selkie, which um, I hope so. It's about time he had them. He had the record for the most ever. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. After how many times he's gotten jobbed? At least two, if not three. Yeah, he should have won it last year. The last time Taves won was even more egregious than last year. Yeah. 
But at least the, the guy who was doing the thing at the awards fucked up the whole presentation of it. So that worked out well. <laughs> he did a card trick, but he did it poorly. It was supposed to spread out so that you would see a picture of the nine cards or 12 cards that would be Anjib Kopitar. But it didn't work that way. It was like the head was in the middle section and all this stuff, and it was all messed up and weird. It was great. Yes, I did watch the NHL awards. Yes, I do stupid things. It's all right. You guys, you know, this is this is why you love me, because I do these things that you don't want to do. This is true. You take care of that kind of shit. Like watching that Minnesota-Dallas oh. a couple of years ago. That was so miserable. I I mean, I hate Dallas, but I really hate Minnesota. Because you know what? If Minnesota would have just lost that game, it would have been over and four. And not only would I have had it correct in my bracket, then I wouldn't have had to watch a fifth game, you assholes. Sorry. If Dallas is playing your other team, that's uh Ooh, the Preds. Hmm. Oh, well, it's a winter, winter classic preview. <laughs> Oh, that's right. The Winter Classic's in Dallas this year. That's so weird. I got to tell you, I am toying with the idea of going. One, I've never been to Texas, and I, most of the time I don't really want to go. But two, um, I would go to that, that Winter Classic because it would be warm. <laughs> 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 and it wouldn't matter if it was in the 40s. That's still warm <laughs> compared to how it is here on January 1st. I'm, I'm toying with it. I don't know if it'll happen. Also, I wouldn't be able to see my boy up close, so... Anyway, yeah, so I haven't really taken a look at any of the other lineups. I just know that the Bruins are playing the Leafs. And personally, I think the Bruins are going to pull it out. But I think it's going to go to six or seven games. And that makes me scared. Yeah, there's no way it's not a six or seven game series. One way or the other. Yeah, I want it to be a five game series at most. but Unless they completely just shit the bed and like collapse i don't see it going less than six or seven which kind of sucks in one aspect because you want it less than that but at the same time it should at least be exciting um it's going to be a good series the bruins definitely do have the upper hand though with with their defense and honestly i'd rather have tuca than frederick anderson in that yep anderson's been uh garbage for uh, a long for quite a while now actually and the um, uh, Leafs have gotten by by scoring lots of goals, which means as long as our defense is doing their thing, you know, their defense won't do their thing because their best defenseman is basically Tori Krug. Oh, yeah. Morgan Riley. Yeah. Gosh, I felt like I was going to have a lot more to say about this matchup. Maybe I'm just tired of talking about the Leafs. They're not in my head. I'm just bored with them. It's just because we've known about this matchup for too fucking long, right? Well, yeah. If, if you indeed say it was November... I think I might be exaggerating a little bit, but not a lot. I would say December is an appropriate point to say, yeah, we've known about this since then. Yeah. The Bruins were in the third spot, and then every once in a while they, they would drop out and then drop back in. And and then finally, when the Bruins overtook Leafs for that last spot, whenever this happened, like February or something, it stuck, right? Yep. So, yeah, so we've known, and, and quite frankly... I'm sure it'll be a good series. I'm not super excited about it in the respect that we've seen them so much this year and we saw them so much in such a short amount of time. So it's like, uh, but I'm I'm excited because it's playoff hockey. So purely hypothetically, I'm not trying to put anything in the cart before anything. I'm just wondering what sort of chaos happens in Toronto if they, if they go out in four somehow. Babcock's probably gone. Yeah, how many years does he have left on his contract? This would be the third that he, third or fourth, no fourth, because he played the year before they played. The, he was coaching the season before they drafted uh, Matthews. So, yeah, because he was hired after they failed after they got Marner. Mm. Yeah, he, yeah, Babcock actually coached the last tank year. Okay. So this would be fourth out of what I think was eight. So what, four more years at a lot of money left on the contract. You could take a gamble and fire him, and somebody else is going to pick him up, so you don't have the balance on well, that. Well, I mean, everyone knows that, like, that seems seems to know that, like, the reason Sheldon Keith, the coach of the uh, Marlies, hasn't been anywhere else is because, uh, because Dubas, du- Dubas is going to great lengths to make sure he stays in the Toronto system. Hmm. Honestly, I think they may consider uh, a change, even if it's five games. I think if it's four or five games that they consider the change. I don't think it necessarily has to be a sweep. I think if it's 
Because, I mean, if, if, if they're out in five games, obviously it wasn't a real competitive series for Toronto. And if they're not looking competitive when, in theory, they should be, despite their terrible defense, they spent all the money signing uh, Tavares and all that stuff. So, I mean, you would think they would have a shot to win the series. So if they go out in four or five, who, who else can you blame? Well, Dubas does also doesn't like Babcock that much. They, there's not a lot of mutual respect going on there. Yeah, so it could very well happen. We'll see what happens with Toronto. We'll see what happens uh, with that series. I don't. You know what? I'm going to say six games. Six games. Woohoo! That means not only would the Bruins win the series, they'd win it in Toronto. That'd be kind of cool. I wouldn't mind celebrating on Toronto's ice. Yeah, the best way to say fuck you to you guys, we're really in your head, is to win on their ice. <laughs> yep, I love it. It's what, it's what the Red Sox did to the Yankees in the playoffs last year, and then they blasted New York, New York in the locker room after. It's the biggest fuck you. I like it. Uh, what do you say to him? I, I say six games. I think I think it'll go six. Uh, so I think they'll win the first two. I think they'll lose the next two, and then I think they'll win two in a row. Okay. That's very specific. Yep, that's what I think is going to happen. Jeff? Seven-game classic. Everyone wins home games until game seven, and then Bruins win game seven. Which will be a home game. Okay. All right. I can get behind that. I mean, I don't want that to happen, but I can get behind it. The good thing is is that we will have two games under our belt, or the Bruins will have two games under their belt by the time we record next Sunday. That is very good. They will both be home games, and hopefully the Bruins will be holding a series lead of 2-0. to zero. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Anybody else got anything? How long a series does, does, does Columbus give uh, Tampa? Five. Yeah, I'm guessing five. I, I think they'll win, win one game somehow. I think they can give them six. Oh, good. I hope they do. I hope they do. Jeff, are you just like, uh, I'm peacing out right now? <laughs> A little bit, and I got a cat sitting on my lap that's like doing even more so. Like she's like like on her back reclined. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you know, back legs sprawled, and her front and her front paws wrapped around my wrapped around my wrist as I'm scratching her belly. She's, oh. um, she's like completely yard sale. Yeah, does not give a fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, perhaps we should talk about the schedule then. So. The Bruins and the Maple Leafs open the first game of their round one series on this coming Thursday, that is April 11th, at the TD Garden, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Yes. And uh, that's followed up on uh, on two days later, and that's the April 13th, next Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, at TD Garden, against Toronto, obviously. Yes. (laughs) Again, as the series alternates day to day, then... And that'll be ne- that next game on the 15th, 7 p.m. Eastern in Toronto, and the 17th, 7 p.m. Eastern in Toronto. By then, next game, next show will, be show will absolutely be up before game five, so. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, that's good. Four games, uh, those are the games that we know are definitely happening, so let's not get speculative. Let's just yeah. stick it, stay right there. If people really want to know or can't figure out how to do every other day or whatever, they can go to Bruins.NHL.com so they can figure out that schedule thing. Or pretty much anywhere where you find a schedule. Give the URL for our bracket on hand so we can say it in the show. Just gonna continue. Oh, yes! I, you know what? Okay. Well, I don't have the URL of it, but I will tell you how you can find it. Okay. So, we have our brackets up for... Barely on topic. I created it. I put a message in Facebook. I put a message on Twitter. I should remind people in both areas. I'm going to put out a verbal reminder on our SoundCloud that will automatically go to all of your wonderful listeners' ears. It's only going to be like a minute or two. It's nothing really pressing. You can just listen to it and follow my directions because brackets are live. You can make a bracket now at NHL Bracket Challenge. You can go to bracketchallenge.nhl.com slash leagues slash barely hyphen on hyphen topic. Woohoo! Oh, yes, that is our, our URL, I believe. Yes. So, listeners, we invite you all to join us. And um, uh, 
prove to me why I'm fucking insane to have Carolina losing in the cup final. Yeah, remember, this is fun. You know, so far we have six people. There's a mystery non-named person here. But yes, we have six people so far. Come create your bracket. It is a barely on-topic bracket bonanza. Uh, and uh, earlier this week I found out if you try to type in extravaganza, it thinks that you are typing in a naughty word, which I could only think that it meant that I was typing in extra vaginal or extra vagina, which I was not. I was not doing that. It was extravaganza. That's a good word, but it does not like it. Yes, go there. Fill out a bracket. It's going to be a lot of fun. I promise. Um, we will try to keep up with that as the rounds wrap up and uh, see who's in the lead. And you get bragging rights for next year, I guess. Woohoo! Woo! Okay. I guess you should say where you can find us. Yep. So, uh, listeners, you've, of course, been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've enjoyed the show, write a brief review, rate us some stars, tell your friends. More listeners is good. Um, you can, of course, reach out to us on Twitter. That would be at Barely on Topic. Or on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. And then, of course, you can always... Each each of us on our individual Twitter accounts. I am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. You can follow for the crazy ramblings of a concerned Red Sox fan. And I am at my boy is in the playoffs this year, which is probably going to be the title of this episode. Also known as at VA from RI. He's going to be in the playoffs! <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm excited! <laughs> Tim? Yeah, fucking strikeout. A word. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>